Our precious Father, we just want to thank you for the privilege we have again to study the scriptures this evening. We rely on your spirit to teach us and to help us to understand the wisdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this evening we are trying to solve a problem, trying to resolve a problem, and that is um, a lot of Christians, very well-meaning well Christians, very good Christians, they have, still have confusion about the laws of Moses and the grace of God, and it's hindering them from accepting all the blessings of grace because they still tilt back to the law, and then because there's this kind of confusion, if you say, um, we're not walking under the law, we're walking under grace, so are you saying we are free to commit sin? Because that's the impression that quickly comes to mind, is that when you set aside the law, you are giving people license to commit sin. A lot of people see grace as um, a lawless thing, where you can do what you like, but there is nothing further from the truth if you understand what grace is. To even start, the Bible says the grace of God teaches us to deny all ungodliness. So it has nothing to do with ungodliness. So we're going to try to go through this and explain what the law does, the limitations of the law, and why you don't really need the law, and what grace does, and how grace is sufficient for you for everything that God wants you to be and God wants you to do. So you can see the value of the cross more and embrace it without going back to these things of the law that cause you, uh, that really, really hinders a Christian from walking in all the graces of God. So we start with trying to say that there's two ways that God has dealt with man, either by the laws of Moses or by the grace of God. So we want to go through the ages in which these things operated. And first of all, was the age before Moses was born. That was the time of Abraham. When God began to deal with Abraham, Moses had not been born. And there was no law given to Abraham. But Abraham discovered something that Christians should know even today. In Romans chapter 4 from verse 1, and I'm reading... New Living Translation, Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have something to boast about. He would say, it's my arms that have achieved this thing. It's what I did that made me acceptable to God. But that was not God's way. For the scripture tells us, Abraham believed God, which means Abraham depended on God, not on what he did. Abraham believed God, depended on God, and God then counted him as righteous because of his faith in him. So you can see quickly what the scripture is trying to show us, what Abraham discovered. The Bible says Abraham found that out. He discovered it. Go back to verse 1. Verse 1. Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? What did he discover? What did he find out? Have you found that out yet? 
in this era, Abraham found out that God can relate with him if he will simply believe him. And that was why God didn't give him the law. Because the law would have been what Abraham would have accomplished and Abraham would have something to boast about. I say, you see, you gave me this law, I kept them. Go to verse 2. If his good deeds made him acceptable to God, he would have, have something to boast about. You see, my hands did this, you gave me the law, I kept them. But that was not God's way. God, that was, it was not God's way. And Abraham found out that God's way is in verse 3. For the scriptures tell us, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. So Abraham found out that when you trust and rely on God, you can live a life far more superior than a life you can live on your own trying to achieve things to boast of. That's what he found out. Was it, is it, so it wasn't that God was not concerned about the sinfulness of man, that is, he didn't give Abraham law. But because man by his own effort and nature could not live a life that pleases God. And so God cared enough. That was why he sent Jesus Christ to come and deliver us from sin and to give us a new life. So because the laws of God could not give Abraham, could not give Abraham the type of life at the level he pleased God, he depended on what God did which is superior to anything a man can do, then God counted him as righteous. Then came the time of Moses when God gave his holy laws, which no man has been able to obey all of it up to now. He related to man through obeying the laws because he said to Israel, if you obey all of these laws, then you enjoy my, my blessings. I will accept you. So the law is what men did. That's what the Bible said. Abraham discovered something that what men do, achievements of a man that he can boast of, cannot bring him, cannot make him acceptable to God because man is severely limited. Severely limited. A man cannot achieve something that he will bring to that will be at the level of the standard of God. And so when the law was given, it simply showed that we couldn't do that. So the law is what men do. In Hebrew 9.10, it called it carnal ordinances in amplified version. See what the amplifier says. For the ceremonies, for the, the ceremonies deal only with clean and unclean meals and drinks and different washings, mere external rules and regulations for the body imposed to tie the worshippers over until the time of certain things straight of reformation of the complete new order when Christ the Messiah shall establish the reality of what these things foreshadow that the law was given to man can, the King James called it carnal ordinances it's, it's nothing to do with the, his spirit because his spirit was dead he was dead in sin and trespasses. It has nothing to do with the spirit. So it was all these, you know, external things and the, it, the spirit was not really involved in it. And so the Bible says that this was a temporary something until the time of 
something better being put in place through which man and God can really relate better. So you can see that it was something kind that men do is what I do. If I obey the laws, I boast before God. Abraham said, if I obey the Lord, Abraham can boast. See what I've done? And so you don't need faith in the law because it's what you boast on your own. It's your boasting. It's what you have achieved. It's the things you have kept. It's the laws you have done. You know, you can be proud of it. And so it discounts God entirely because it's your personal achievement. It's your personal achievement. So it does not need any faith in God at all. But where does that leave us? When the scripture says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, a system that leaves God out and my confidence is, is what I can do, I can boast of, and leaves God out immediately tells me that that system is impossible to please God through that system. Because it will never achieve the holy standard of God that God requires. Then came the time of grace that is after Moses. Jesus came to establish grace. John 1.17 For the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You see, the law was given by Moses so the Holy Spirit differentiates the ministry of Moses, which is the law, which was what we've talked about, and then the ministry of Jesus, which is a new one that came with Jesus. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, which means Moses did not bring grace. There's no mercy. Jesus brought grace and brought truth. And so the, 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 what Jesus brought us is the work of the Spirit, is the work of God, which we can believe like Abraham believed God. The works that God does. This is not what men can boast on. This is not the laws that I can say, see, I have fulfilled the laws, I have done this, I can boast about it. This is what God does, which I can believe and experience. And so Jesus came to do those things for us. So, in Luke chapter 4, 17, I'm reading a New Living Translation. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. This is what was written there. In verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. In verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He said, this is what the Spirit does. It's not what men do. So that's why we can't believe it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. So he began to enumerate what the spirit will achieve through him. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released called salvation, called deliverance, called redemption, that the blind will see, called revelation, that the oppressed will be set free. People are pressed by the devil, pressed by sicknesses, because he said, if the son shall set you free, then you shall be free indeed. So he was enumerating what the spirit will achieve through him for mankind, for mankind. And like Abraham, if we believe God, if we believe God, then we will experience these things. Verse 19, and at the time of God's favor has come, grace has come, undeserved favor has come, the, the God is giving these things freely to mankind. 
the time of the Lord's favor has come. Which means it wasn't there before. It has now come. Well, when God dealt with Abraham, it was limiting with a few of them. Like Mo, he said to Moses, listen, I'll show mercy to whom I'll show mercy. So when there was no law, he dealt, it was Abraham he chose and revealed it to Abraham as a foreshadow of what Jesus was going to bring to us. As a foreshadow. So that when we look at Abraham and then we'll talk of what Jesus has now made available to everybody, we can now understand it better. We can now understand it better. And so so he's, he, he's, he enumerated what the Spirit of God came to do for us, to bring salvation to us, to bring deliverance to us, to bring the, the good news of the gospel is the best news that anybody can hear. With all its benefits for mankind, which if we accept and believe, we, 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 are, we are lifted higher and we, we begin to be seated with Christ in a place of glory, which the law cannot bring us to, can bring us to there. It is what Jesus came to do that lifted us out of the doldrum of sin to a place of glory so we can have communion with God as his children. So, for all who have come under this ministry of the Spirit of God in Christ, we do not need to be led by the law anymore. Because what these activities of Jesus Christ is what lifts, lifts me, lifts me, you and me out of shame to glory. It's what empowers us to live and to do the things that God wants us to do. And so, some of the reasons why we don't need the law now, in Galatians chapter 5 verse 18, but if you are led of the Spirit, if you're under the ministry of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Because the Spirit will do for you far more than the law can achieve. Far more. And so let's see the reasons why you are not under the law. For instance, the law is not against the grace of God. Only it is limited in value and cannot give man life or freedom from his carnal nature. That Jesus said, I've come to bring freedom, to bring redemption. The law cannot bring freedom, cannot bring redemption, cannot bring anything that saves man from his nature. Cannot do that. Cannot. Galatians 3.21 Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. The law is not against the promises of God. The law is holy. But the law is only is only something written on the stone. It's letters written on the stone. It doesn't have activities like the Holy Spirit has. And so cannot give us life. Cannot bring redemption. It's just written on the stone. So, for if there had been a law given, which could have given life, which could have given a man a new life, verily righteousness should have come by the law. Then God would have given that law to give us a life that is righteous and holy like he created us in Christ Jesus in true holiness and righteousness so that we can now do those things which God planned for us longest time which the law could not help us do because we needed a change of nature the law could not change our nature could not give us life we were dead in sin and trespasses until Jesus came and announced, I have come. The anointing is on me to give you freedom from your entrapped old nature. To circumcise you 
and create you new. The law could not do that. You see why God didn't give Abraham the law? Because Abraham was bound in that nature. So the law could not help him much. And Paul called the Lord the minister of death because he couldn't give life. 2 Corinthians 3, 7. But if the ministration of death, that's what they call it. Because he couldn't give life. He just left people in death because the Bible says they said the soul that sinners shall die. That's what the Lord pronounced. Written and engraved in stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of this, his countenance which glory was done away. This thing was done away with. God did away with the law because it cannot give life. It cannot provide salvation. It cannot provide deliverance. It cannot provide nothing. Because only the Spirit can do that. Only the Spirit. Only the Spirit of God in Christ can do that. And so in 2 Corinthians 2, 3, 6, he said, Who also had made us able ministers of the New Testament, able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter. We're not ministers of the letters written on, the, on, on, on stone, signifying that this people's heart is, is, so, is stone. It's a heart of stone. It's a heart of stone. It was written on stone. It was written on stone. We are not ministers of that which was written on stone. We are not. Not. We are not. We are enabled us to, to be ministers of the New Testament, not the letter, but of the Spirit. We are ministering what the Spirit has come to do. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. We are ministering reconciliation that Jesus provided by his blood, which the law could not provide. The law could not provide the blood that will wash away our sins. He could, the law could not deal with the sin of mankind, nor the sinful nature of mankind. So man was still lost if Jesus didn't come. So he says, let me read it again. Who also made, had made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, which is the laws, but of the spirit. That's what we are talking about. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Remember, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm bringing you this good news of life that I brought to you. These are activities of grace for the time of God's grace, abundance grace has come to give you these things you don't merit, which the laws of Moses could not give you. And so because of the new life that the Spirit has given us through Christ, look at how the, the Bible describes us now. So we know that grace really establishes you in something far more superior than the law that will make you live the righteous life that God wants you to live, which the law could not make you do. Romans 6, 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you now. For you are not under the law, because the law could not set you free from sin. The sin still had dominion over you. You are not under the law, but under grace. Why? Because under grace, Jesus came and said, I've come to announce the era of grace. Where God's grace is abundant. So I'm going to, you are going to receive what you don't merit. Deliverance from sin. The power of sin. The power of the devil. Your nature changed. You'll be lifted from sin and brought into the kingdom of God. 
All this because of what Jesus did, not what man did, not what man achieved. And God revealed to Abraham that I'll relate with, with man based on his believing what I do. Abraham believed God. Abraham could not boast in what he did. He had to believe God. So God was showing that I'm going to come and do something marvelous. He said, I walk a walk in your day. Quit if they tell you some of you may not believe it. So God made a way with this law that couldn't set man free. So you can see why God made a way with law. Because there is this ministry of the spirit available that is brought us the gospel. The truth that sets man free is Christ Jesus. So now God made a way with the law. 2 Corinthians 3.11 For if that which is done away was glorious, much more which remained is glorious. He said that one which is done away is the law. The much more glory is this one which remained. Now Hebrews 7.18 For on the one hand there is an annulling of the former commandment because of the, its weakness and unprofitableness. This law, the Holy Spirit said, is weak and unprofitable. Why? The, the, the flesh of man defeated it. The Bible said what the law could not do because of the sinfulness of man. The law could not fix the sinfulness of man. So the sinfulness of man was not obeying the law. And so the Bible said the law was weak. It couldn't change you and me. It was weak. It didn't have power. Only the power of Christ. Christ, the power of God, was able to set us free. The law is weak. Christ is power. The law is weak. Christ is the power of God. The law is not the power of God. The law is weak and unprofitable. For the law made nothing perfect. Nothing. So you see why God set it aside? Because it's not useful. It's not, it's weak. Could not set us free. Could not make us perfect. Could not help us at all. So God set it aside. He said it's unprofitable. He said there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we now draw, we draw near to God. What is that better hope? Christ in us, the hope of glory. No man coming to the Father except by me. When Jesus came, he gave us the way to God. The Bible said that God made the way, made this way to him. Quit his faith in Christ. Quit the law could not afford us. You can see why the law was unprofitable and why it was weak. So you can easily see Romans 3.20. What the scripture says there. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. That's his easy. Because he, can't, he, he won't set you free from the bondage of sin. He won't change your nature. He won't wash away your sins. He won't do anything. So it was weak. It was unprofitable. It was limited in value. And so God set it aside and brought something, the ministry of the Spirit. The, the Spirit of God is upon me, Jesus said. I've come to take away your sins. The law couldn't do that. I've come that you have life and have it more abundantly. The law couldn't do that. I've come so to deliver you from the powers of all your enemies, the devil, the, the sin and everything. The law couldn't do that. So for no one can be made right with God by doing what the law says. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Case closed. Let's look at one more limitation of the law. 1 Corinthians 2.12 It cannot give you a revelation of truth. It cannot open your eyes. Only the Holy Spirit can open our eyes 
Only the Holy Spirit can show us things in the spirit realm. Show us the works of God. For God is a spirit. Only the spirit of God can, can reveal to you the wisdom of God for your life. The law cannot. So 1 Corinthians 2.12 Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The law cannot show us these things. We receive the Holy Spirit to show us these things. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is the ministry of life. Verse 13. Which things also we speak, not of not the words which man's wisdom teaches, it's not carnal, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And then, brethren, if you, if you put yourself under the ministry of the law, then you reject this ministry of the Holy Spirit that unveils the mysteries of God to you, that opens your eyes and gives you understanding of the things that are in the realm you do not see, and they are there for your benefit. You walk in spiritual blindness. 2 Corinthians 3.15 But even unto this day, when Moses is read, for those of you who are insisting on the law of Moses, you are rejecting the ministry of grace. For grace and the law cannot work in your life together. The Bible says if, if you're under the ministry of the Holy Spirit, then you cannot be under the ministry of the law at the same time. For if you are led of the Spirit, then you are not under the law. You can't be led of the law and the Spirit at the same time. So when you choose to tilt on the side of the law because you don't understand the benefit, immense benefit of the coming of Jesus Christ and what he achieved for you on the cross, you don't understand it. So you go to the inferior thing the Bible says is weak. It's weak. Unprofitable. And you rely on it. And it cannot give you revelation. Cannot give you understanding. So you can't even understand the power that worketh in you. You can't understand all the benefits of grace. You, you will live in defeat. The Bible says when you do that, blindness is in your eyes. Second Corinthians 3.15 But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. You see? Because that's not the activity of the Spirit. That's not the work of the Spirit. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. When you turn to Jesus and the works of grace, then the Holy Spirit takes away the blinding of your eyes and you will see the glory of God. So all that the Lord does really is to show us what sin is. Romans 3.20 Therefore by the deeds of the law, there shall no man be justified in, the sight, in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's all he says. Thou shalt not do this. If you do this, thou shalt not do this. That's all the law gives you. Knowledge of sin. This is sin. This is sin. That's all. It doesn't give you a revelation of who God is, the mercy of God, the love of God. You don't know that. You won't know that. And yet, it is this truth in Christ that sets you free. Not the law that sets you free. It's the truth in Christ that sets you free. It's not the law that sets you free. If the Son shall set you free, you are free indeed. The law brought no freedom to anybody. So we can now understand the value of the cross better. What Jesus did for us on the cross, we can now understand it in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. See, Paul is testifying that the activities of the Lord Jesus Christ, the work of the Spirit in him, 
changed, his, changed him and made him what he is. The law can't change you, can't make you anything. It can't. He says, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. He said, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I. But the grace of God, which was with me, did all these things. It was the work of God. Abraham discovered now that when you believe God, then God counts you righteous. You depend on your hands to please God, you will not be accepted. Because by, by, by strength shall no man prevail. So Paul said, it's the grace of God. It's what God does. It's the activity of God that made me what I am. Whatever I'm doing is God walking. Is God. 2 Corinthians 1.12. I'm reading New Living Translation. We can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have lived with a God-given holiness. You see what the, the grace produces? God-given holiness. God-given holiness. And sincerity in all our dealings. It is God-given. God-produced. God's activity. God-given holiness. Not one that man can boast in his arm. For it has to be of God. It has to. You can't get anything better than what God can do in your life and what God has done. So God-given holiness and sincerity in all our dealings. We have depended on God's grace we have on what God has done. Not on our own human wisdom. We don't depend on what we can achieve and boast about. We don't talk about us. It is Christ only, what he has achieved for us. God-giving holiness, this new nature we have that is created holy and righteous. God-giving holiness is what we depend on. It's what we rely upon. The works of grace. And the Bible calls it the riches of grace. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness.